Hey there, this is JVL. On The Secret Show with Sarah Longwell today, we talked all about the latest Trump indictment. We never do this because normally this show is all locked for subscribers, but because it's breaking news and we think it's important, we're going to share the entire secret podcast with you today. If you want to get The Secret Show every week, you got to join Bulwark Plus. Here's the show. Hello, everyone. This is JVL here with my best friend, Sarah Longwell, publisher of The Bulwark. I have to set the table for you guys. We are recording on Friday at about 1 p.m. We recorded an entire show on Thursday afternoon. Not just an entire show, maybe the longest show we've ever done in the history of this podcast, Sarah. Does that sound about right? It was long and meandering. Because we were in the same room together, face to face, in meat space. I bet you hate that phrase. And uh, and then we just had to blow the whole thing up because at 7.55 last night, word broke that Donald Trump is being indicted part deux. So that whole show is gone. It becomes the second of our lost episodes. People can add that to the secret podcast lore. And instead, we're just going to talk about indictment stuff. Uh, Sarah, oh, you're just how gonna, are you you're feeling just gonna, about it? Wait, you're just going to... Junk that whole episode? Why don't yeah. you, why yeah, don't you just don't throw the top in? The the Sununu Christie. Yeah, it's kind of so stuff? off topic. It's so maybe we'll release that as a like uh you know, the way indie artists will do uh the the B sides, mm-hmm. you know, where they you know, eventually in late in their career you, know, you can get the whole album with their their unreleased B sides or something like that. How did it make you feel last night, seven fifty five? The news broke while I was sitting in an Uber going from Baltimore to New Jersey. What happened? Your train broke down or they just stopped running the train with people on it? Uh, There was a bridge strike, which means that either a boat or a truck struck, I believe it was probably a boat, struck a railway bridge on the Susquehanna River. And so they stopped all rail traffic between Baltimore and Philadelphia while they inspected the uh, the structural integrity. And I believe it was 10 p.m. before they finally cleared it for the train to keep moving, by which point I was long gone uh, because I had detrained in Baltimore and hopped in an Uber to take me up to New Jersey. Yay. That sounds terrible. It was not great. Uh, it was not sorry great, Sorry that happened to you. Indictment. Talk to me about how you felt. Did you get tingly? Did you pop champagne? What? Why, why would I do any of those things? So first of all... Uh, because that's no, what Tim did. I- that's why. Oh, okay. Well, because I don't... Tim is all aglow. That's why I ask. Is he? Have you talked to him? That's how he is. I, I just talked to him five minutes ago. Yeah. Um. No, I mean, look. Uh, so mainly, I always have questions, right? So my question is going to be, how are the other candidates going to handle this? And since we're taping at one o'clock on Friday, we actually know the answer to this. Um, Yunkin, DeSantis, uh. Everybody except so far, I haven't seen Pence or Christie yet. Have you? No, seen, I saw I've Asa. Seen, Asa I was saw good. Asa. Asa's was good. But the main challengers, like I was actually really disappointed to see Yunkin. Yunkin called it a, we cannot have a two-tiered justice system. Yeah, I'm sorry, which, sir. Mr. Mister 100 Millionaire, we do have a two-tiered justice system. And normally it works for the rich guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Right? I mean, isn't that right. just the truth? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not what he means. That's not what he means. <laughs> He's aware. not making a criminal ref- a criminal justice reform argument here. Uh, DeSantis uh, said that when, under the DeSantis administration, he will 
make sure that to de-weaponize the DOJ that is being, mm. you know, going against Trump right now. And I think that this is the fundamental problem because voters, the question that people have, right, are will, will this matter to voters? And why should it matter to voters if everyone in their party that they listen to or watch says that this is wrong, that this is an injustice against Trump? And so if DeSantis says it's an injustice against Trump and Youngkin says it's an injustice against Trump and Mitt Romney and Asa Hutchinson say this is bad, that doesn't bode well for Republican voters hearing a message of this is actually really serious and we need to do something about that. Okay, so I'm glad you said that because Tim and I just had a miniature miniature debate about almost precisely this in which he was playing the role of Sarah Longwell. Okay. And what I said is, first of all, I believe that all of these Republicans are taking this position purely because they think that's where the voters already are. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they think that they are trying to shape voter opinion. I do not believe that Ron DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin are trying to work an angle or something like that. I believe they are trying to do whatever is the most politically expedient thing for them. And they think that this is where the Republican electorate is. So that's why they're running out to that spot. Uh, so this is why the triangle of doom is so important as a theory. Because right. when you guys chicken or egg this, I think it really misunderstands what's actually happening, uh, which is that it is both that there is a chunk of voters who uh, are going to react this way no matter what, right? Trump is a victim. They are aggrieved. Deep state. But there's a big chunk of voters who would be open if a whole bunch of Republicans reared up and said, what Donald Trump did was a threat to national security, uh, is criminal. There's no two ways about it. There are a bunch of Republicans who would be convinced, not all of them, they're the always Trumpers are always going to always Trump. But there's a bunch, there's an available audience for people who like, they don't know the law. They're just looking to the people that they trust to help understand what's going on. And when every Republican says, oh, no, this is a two-tier justice system, this is wrong, uh, and, you know, we're going to rush to Trump's defense, then they think, oh, okay, well, everybody, every Republican I know is saying that this is wrong. And you've got the right-wing infotainment media part of that, creating incentive structures for people to rush in front of a camera to defend Donald Trump because they know those audiences, the people watching Newsmax and the people watching OANN, they definitely want to hear all the reasons why this is BS that they're going after Trump. And this is a product of the deep state. Um, and it took no seconds for Josh Hawley to rush out <laughs> to talk <laughs> about how sure. bad this was. That's and so sure. I just... Uh, that tweet was preloaded in drafts. That's right. Exactly. Uh, so I just, I, I think that it is, uh, I think that one of my big frustrations, and it is part of this conversation that you and I have all the time, is that both are sort of true. There is a group of people that are always going to think this way, but there's a big chunk of people that would be persuaded if the entire party said, 
uh, this is all wrong. You can't do this. And, and, but nobody does. And so, well, like, it's basically an untested theory at this point. It's been so long since <sighs> enough people have pushed back. I don't, I don't know. I mean, we did test the theory after January 6th, not for very long, but for like two days. We tested it for two days after January 6th, and the voters were where the voters were, right? I mean, they moved further. It's the No, but that's a perfect example the, of – it's a perfect example of how the Republican Triangle of Doom worked, how the toxic and symbiotic relationship work, where that group who was like, Trump didn't do this, and the election was stolen, and it's not fair – and they went on Steve Bannon's show, and they were doing that. And Marjorie Taylor Greene was saying it in a bunch of whack jobs. And then, like, pretty soon, Kevin McCarthy said it. And then a whole bunch of, like, and then T- and Ted Cruz was saying it. But we did have a few days where Lindsey and McCarthy and Mitch were trying to do the leadership thing. And the voters, Republican voters, weren't following them. I mean, the... The Republican voter approval you don't know. of January There were 6th. groups of people who showed up at airports and yelled at them. Yeah. And that spooked people. But that's not all Republican voters. No, it's not. But I guess what I'm trying to say is we had a test. And in the immediate aftermath, I want to say we went from like 56% of Republican voters being on Trump's side of January 6th to like 76%. And that happened, right? That extra 20% happened exactly as you say, once the, the party all flipped. But we did have a few days in there where the party was trying to break the triangle of doom. And the, Not the, really. know, Republican voters just weren't with them. Not really. They didn't. They could have impeached him. They could have impeached him. All of the all of the Republicans could have stood together. They could have all said, ten, "This a is bunch his of Republicans fault." Did try to? No, they, they didn't. Did they, made them, right? they made some ten. speeches. They made some speeches. They made some speeches. But they they didn't push hard. They didn't all close ranks. They didn't go uh, not, all not universally. In. But we did have some Republican like ten ten Republican senators voted to convict him. Right? Do I have that number right? No, you don't. That's no? how many they needed okay. to actually get a conviction. I think it was. Oh, seven. is that many? It was seven. Okay, but the point is like some of them did. And now well, we do did. have, That's like, right. you know, we but do have Asa, we do have the Mitt, thing is, we is will ta- have Christy. But you know that that's, so first of all, you can name them on one hand right now, the people True. who are going to come out and say the right Very thing, fair. which means all the dynamics, all the elected officials, all the media. I mean, I was just scrolling through Twitter, right? Stupid Matt Schlapp and uh, all the people who are the leading lights of this horrible MAGA movement are talking about how criminal this is. And so... The Republicans who are supposed to be part of this governing wing could either come out and say, that's not true, guys. He still and they could push back against them and they could have an open fight and they could argue for what they know to be true. Or they could do what Glenn Youngkin did. And they could say we have a two tier justice system and make sure they line up on Trump's side. And that's how you never reverse the trajectory uh, of the Republican Triangle of Doom. It's how you never break that cycle. You never push. Uh, you, you you always move in the self-radicalizing direction. You never move in the de-escalating, de-radicalizing direction because no substantial, there's a collective action problem where not, not enough people are willing to say the truth. They're always in some rump I, minority that's slowly being excised from the party. I don't disagree. But I, here's where I, here's where I really struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we come from a world of personal responsibility, mm-hmm. right? And we are not talking about uh, underprivileged youths. We're not talking about teenagers. We're talking about grown-ass adults who pay mortgages and have children and own guns. They are they are mentally fit enough to operate firearms and carry firearms around. In many cases, without any training or any any certification. Uh, 
like if you can't look at two plus two on your own and say, actually, these guys on the TV are saying it equals it equals three. I'm pretty sure that equals four. Like, I don't like how much of an alibi. How far does that alibi extend? Like at some point, aren't they on the hook for understanding reality? So they're on the hook for. So this is the thing is I'm not absolving them of any of like they they there's no responsibility there. Yeah, I, sure. Yes, right? totally understood. But, but, I understand. But I, you are but not. I'm, but I'm, can I be clear for a moment? Yeah. But I am not saying that you, Sarah Longwell, are trying to alibi them. That's not what I meant by that. And I'm sorry for that. What I That's what sorry. I meant is like at some point, wouldn't a rational, reasonable observer expect that these people would look at objective reality and come to a different conclusion, irrespective I, of a I triangle? Mean, you, I mean, you know that the answer to this is like uh, that that. That the problem that we have had that has increased over the last 10, 15 years with the bifurcation of media or whatever, this is like objective reality now is just different, right? You have to, A, want to be – because first of all, right, they they already want to believe this thing. And and so they, they want to believe it. So, so I agree that like these Republican voters who've supported Trump this whole time don't want to be told really that he didn't – right? That That's true. But – the objective reality that they would have access to is if Republican voices told them, no, this time, guys, it's really serious. You can't do this. So the people who are in a position to tell truth to these voters in a way that they would hear it, don't do it. And these guys, I, they are adults with mortgages who carry a fire. Sure. They're also like, I'm going to forgive them for not being like award-winning journalists who like are able to go seek out uh, who are able to look through, here's what they know. Here's what they know. And I think this is fair. They say, I don't know with this document stuff, but all I know is that Biden had multiple houses where they found documents. Pence had a house where they found documents. And now Trump did it. And the idea, because like, he's not going to get convicted on having the documents. He's going to get convicted on obstruction right. for giving right. the documents back. And they're going to be like, this is BS. Oh, yes, I know. I watched Ben Shapiro. I watched Ben Shapiro walk through this. He did Trump's voice, kind of mocked him a little bit, and kind of said, like, oh, I just want to have these documents. This is fun. I just want to have them. And, but like, no nefarious, they'll say, no nefarious pers- purpose, you know? And wasn't, it was, what's so bad about this? So he had him at his residence. And so, unless a bunch of people, who are on their team are going to talk to them, and this is where norms, values, institutions comes in, and say, guys, it is illegal. Illegal. No, and you know who's doing this, actually? There's like one person who's doing it. Bill who Barr is, is doing it right now. No kidding. Bill Barr is out there saying, <laughs> you cannot I would not have, have had your my money lawyer. on that number. You, yeah, no, Bill, Bill Barr has been actually quite good. Um, but of course, you know, Trump hates him and people think he's a rhino, whatever. But he's been on CBS and he's not on Steve Bannon's show, though. But he is saying this is different from the other indictments. You can't do this. You can't have the records people say, give these back and then lie to them about what you have, have been showing them to people, which there was just a tape that came out this morning. Yeah, I saw that. And that is a smoking gun on the lie. And this is where Trump gets away with so much because we're all like, no kidding, he was lying. No kidding, he couldn't declassify them with his mind. The just the what, but what this shows is him talking about Iran, uh, 
and saying I could have declassified them, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't declassify them with his mind. He knew they were classified. (laughs) He was talking to people about them, saying that it was a secret. But the voters won't think that's bad because they won't understand it unless people who know better tell them how bad it is. So it sounds to me like you are you are looking at this and thinking, holy crap, none of this is going to matter electorally. Is that what you're, is that I, what you're thinking? So no? this is what I've been wanting to tell you. So Ooh. I had we've been asking for weeks. You're going to get this breaking thing. I'm going to end up talking about this on the in the media a lot over the next 72 hours. But I'm going to tell you first, guys. So I went back and I we've been asking now for many weeks uh, when we do the two time Trump voter groups. Mm-hmm. Um, what the indictment, like how it would would it make them support Trump more? Or would it make them support him less? Or does their support say the same? And so of the 41 two-time Trump voters we've talked to in the last several weeks, 19 said it would make them support Trump more. Mm. 20 said neutral, doesn't really change how they feel about Trump. Oh boy. And two said it would cause them to support Trump less. Two. 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 So that's two. zero, two. And then nothing, a decimal and nothing after that. Just two. Wow. Two, two, two folks. Just two. One, two. Uh, one, Count two. them on two fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, uh, that doesn't sound good. And by the way, good. I'll just say like, it, they may, it may make them support him less. That doesn't mean they won't still support him. <laughs> it just makes it less. But oh my to me, God in heaven. <laughs> to me, it's the more number. It's the more number that I'm looking at going... You know, this is this is the this is what I talk about a lot, the rally round Trump effect. We're getting a lot of my theories in here in this particular podcast, my Republican Triangle of Doom, the rally round Trump effect. Uh, and the reason what I what I started with is uh, the rally round Trump effect is, effect is really intensified when also his potential challengers join in to it. And the question that I always ask is, Will one of his rivals, you can't beat something with nothing, will one of the rivals have enough political talent to use something like an indictment and doing something illegal to their political advantage to be able to go after Trump? The answer is no. It is cucks all around for his for his people that are actually challenging him. No, much love to Asa, but, you know, uh, that's not going anywhere. I don't know. I mean, but why not Asa? I mean, look. What what, what what's happening here? No, I'm look. I am, I am saying, of course, Ace is not happening. Okay, but why isn't Ace happening? Right? I mean, that that is a real question. Is it why why isn't Christie happening? Well, I mean, the only answer to that question is because the Republican Party is a cult, or because right? the Republican Party has has changed uh, in. A million ways that make it a totally inhospitable political party for somebody like Asa Hutchinson. Yeah. Asa Hutchinson wants to talk about conservative policy or, or Mike Pence. Anybody who's, who's, you know, Pence wants to run as a full spectrum Reagan conservative. Ooh. There's not an audience anymore in the Republican Party for a full spectrum Reagan conservative. They don't like Reaganism anymore. I know. I mean, forget like not love, loving it. They don't like it. They're against Reaganism. So this is one of the big observations I keep trying to say to people when they're like, well, tell you, you know, things have changed. But why, why did you, you know change, that? Sarah? Why did you change, Sarah? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just like 
it's not that they don't it's not that they don't celebrate Reagan anymore. It's not that they don't celebrate George W. Bush or what or they they hate yeah. every leader of the Republican Party from the last 40 years. They hate Reagan. Hate Romney. Hate, they McCain. hate Romney. Hate McCain. Hate George W. Bush. So like that's the change. Like they affirmatively <laughs> hate those people. Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. Literally, all of them. All of them. John Boehner. Who's a hero from the last 40 years of the Republican Party that's part Dole. of the story? No, I'm, I'm not even kidding when I say Bob Dole. And Dole only because he went and bent the knee on Dole? Trump. Well, he Dole he? is still acceptable because Dole came out is and endorsed alive, Trump. Bob Dole? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I, I mean, I don't know that he's still alive. God, this is terrible. I'm going to feel very bad either way. Whether he is departed or still with us, I feel very bad already. But what I will say is that in 2016, Dole was like the only guy from the entire last 40 years of Republicanism who who got on board with Trump. Mm. And so he was welcomed as a part of the new Republican Party. Sure. And then it wasn't because of his policies. It was just because he bent the knee. Yep. Uh, yeah. And that's... That is a so so. I mean, when you ask why not Asa, I mean, I guess that's the answer. This is not that's not who the party's looking for anymore, and it's not because of one thing. Um, but but Trump, like ten percent of the party. Why isn't Asa at nine percent? Right. I guess that's the well. If the answer is that there are many people other, in there because there's too many other anti-Trumps and the, who would rally to the you know to somebody making the case against Trump. Like if Asa and Christie stay at like you know one percent each. Then that tells me that actually there there isn't really an audience, even for like five percent of Republicans, who want somebody to attack Trump. Uh, I mean, I am trying to look for uh, a poll really quickly, uh, where I could look at the at the Republican primary because if I added up Haley and. Uh, okay, let's see. Here's one. This is well, this is just Iowa. Iowa, where oh, this is the one. Oh, this is Amer- an American greatness poll. So let's not look at that. <laughs> let's not look at that. This is uh, man. Is there? I, these are all crappy polls. Is not anybody running decent polls these days? Let's see. There's a. This is May 25th. So not so long ago. It's a Fox News poll. They're pretty good. Uh, they have got Haley at four, Pence at five. Ramaswamy at four, Scott at two, Yunkin at one, Sununu at one. Christie uh, is at zero, as is Hutchinson. So the point is, is that if you are somebody who is like a a normie, right, who might like, you're going, you are the 4% for Haley, the 5% for Pence, Scott two, that puts you, there's 11%, one for Yunkin, about 12%. There's your 12% of normies. They're there. That's, they're already split across acceptable Perceived acceptable Republican candidates. I guess, but it is telling that they'll be with a non-entity like Haley instead of an Asa, right? I mean, because Asa isn't explicitly like, I'm going to try to tell you the truth about Trump, and Haley is a, I won't tell you the truth about Trump. It just says to me that the appetite for anybody who says the truth about Trump is actually much smaller than the appetite for somebody other than Trump, right? And if you say the truth about Trump— you become disqualified even to the voters who want someone other than Trump. Well, then there's that right, make sense? So, am I, well, right, am I that's expressing true, but, that correctly? Yeah, but so just to, so DeSantis in that same Fox News poll, so he had 20 uh, and Trump had, 
What did I do with this? Uh, Trump had a lot. You're going to say 54. Well, I was going to say it was a lot more than (laughs) that. Uh, A lot more than that. Oh, here it is. Trump had 53. DeSantis had 20. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so that's that is a that is a 73, which I think is about right. So I think it has been pretty much like 75, roughly percent of the party wants Trump or Trump light or like Trump, Ugh. the Trump swerve. Do you think he goes to jail? So I don't know. I mean, I'm here's the thing. Understanding this is yeah, we're not predicting anything. No, no, no. We're just like talking about like so, what so our general impressions yeah. are. You might have to take this question and not me because here. But here's what I here's what I know that I don't know. If some of this is going to get litigated in places like Florida, what's it? The southern. There's like a southern district of somewhere in Florida. Um, and it's going to be they, like all they need is one person to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's pretty likely that they can find a juror to not convict Trump of this crime. I don't think he goes to jail. Um, maybe. But here's the other thing. How these cases get pushed, they they will bend over backwards to avoid it looking like a political prosecution. They will struggle with the timeline, the 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 careening timelines of the the Republican primary and the general election, and they will seek to do things that look like they are interfering directly with those elections. Like the reason to do things that will to make it not look like they're interfering. Yeah, like they're gonna. I'm sure they were rushing to get this done while they were still, still some time, ten months out. Yeah, but on the other hand, I think it is unlikely that there will be any trial before any primary. Yeah, uh, right. Because let's we'll just let's let's it's easy to count really quickly. So it's June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, uh, March. So it's ten months until Super Tuesday ish little under 10 months but the primary voting starts uh what at the end of january uh yeah, with iowa and the truth is this thing could so be months? decided by new hampshire right i mean if trump if trump is a close second in iowa and he wins new hampshire the race is over at that point anyway yeah uh so i don't you know i and then could you have a trial ongoing while he is the republican nominee for president I don't think so. How could we live in a world like this? My God, Sarah, how? I don't, but I don't think so. Do, do you? Do you think we could? No, I don't. I don't think we could. And this is where this is where Trump's illegal, buffoonish, disgraceful behavior buttresses up against decency and people who are trying to do things by the book because he knows that the people who are doing this are going to are not political actors like yeah. i mean may, maybe maybe some of the some of the people are who are going to but in this indictment the jack smith not a political actor going to do it by the book and trump will be basically taking advantage of the fact that jack smith will want to avoid any semblance yeah. of impropriety uh like he's interfering in an election they will try to avoid yeah. that i and so here's another question because you 
you you listen to the people mm. every day. Mm-hmm. If you're a Republican voter, how real is this indictment anyway? Right? It's like a thing. He there shows are, up. We in just court. had one. We just had one. Like everyone's right, on just Twitter's. One. Yeah, bre- breaking apart. But like th- this is like, oh no, okay, we're doing this again. Right, and, and like, oh, we just did this, and like, until there's a trial, until it's on. How much of it is just like this thing, which oh, they'll never really do it, right? I mean, I don't know. I could see a Trump voters looking at it and say, yeah, this is all. Yeah, they always do this, but nothing will nothing will come of it. It's just like the hoax. It's just like the Russia, whatever. It's just like the impeachment. Yeah, look, nothing will come of this. I, I don't even know if it's real to them, or I guess maybe I'm saying I could see why it wouldn't be real. Mm-hmm. <sighs> For the love uh, of all that's holy, Sarah. This is we're just going to go through another election season where I'm going to have to spend all this time being like, I'm not a lawyer, but we should get some more lawyers. (laughs) Yeah, you're the first person in the history of the world to ever say, well, we need some more lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) I just need more people to explain all the different functions of this to me. Well, Uh, that was a, a bracing conversation. I am not sure that I am. Well, whatever. I, I am not happy about any of this. Uh, I think it's all bad for America. I'm with you. I'm not happy about any of this. I, I these, the, the like celebratory Trump's getting indicted is uh, is not great. Well, you take that up with Tim Miller because we, he opened with like, how are you feeling? And I was like, this is a dark day for America. I'm I'm sad about it. This is this is bad. But there is one thing I will celebrate. Is that OK? Yeah. What are you going to celebrate? Just one thing. I would like to celebrate the fact that the rule of law seems to be working. Yeah. And I I said this to Tim. For me, the rule of law, like the question of whether or not it works or doesn't work, has actually nothing to do with a verdict in a trial. It has nothing to do with whether or not Trump goes to jail. It is just, did the process work with enough integrity that most reasonable people can believe that the system of law functioned in the way it's supposed to, even though the guy is a former president who is running for president again. Yeah. And like Merrick Garland has conducted himself uh, almost without any, any compromise at all. Uh, Jack Smith seems to have, you know, it was a very good idea to appoint him. He seems to have conducted himself at least insofar as we know, uh, with the utmost probity. And they seem to have taken the entire thing seriously. They are bending over backwards to not make this a political thing. And like, that's good. That's yep. what we what we want is for the system to work, whether or not it gets to the outcome that we like and the outcome we think is the most just. Because that's the rule of law doesn't ever guarantee you outcomes. It yeah, only guarantees you processes. Right. right? And that's where and I like guess a like this jury Tim's- can do anything. I don't think like Tim's wrong to be glad that we're not I am proud of the Department of Justice because, you know, a lot of people, they're getting yelled at by everybody. You know, like the resistance yeah. libs are all like, why aren't you doing this? What's wrong with you? Merrick Garland's a disgrace. Um, you know, they're doing what they need to do. And like, I'm proud that we're not shying away from this. It is a... Uh, I am. A, oh, I have always been a a 
this is not a it's not a good thing it's going to be tough on our country but like you have to do the right thing you have to do the right thing that's it let right be done like justice it, it is the only way to do this and i've switched on that this is a thing where i you know early in our conversations about this i was pretty squarely on the other side of that which is that the the potential risks were so great that it would be better if the rule of law was sort of just pushed aside a little bit here for this one case. And I've changed my mind on that. And for precise, just as you say, like the rule of law has to hold and let the chips fall where they may. And the, the potential long-term harms of pushing the rule of law aside outbalance the potential short-term games of not having to, not having to fight this particular fight within our society at this moment. And uh, and I don't know, like Merrick Garland did everything basically by the book. This is can I just say, I'm sorry, I get this off my chest. Mm, great. You know how everything about MAGA is projection. Their complaint yeah. is that this is the weaponization of the Department of Justice. Donald Trump held up American military funding to a critical ally because he wanted that ally's head of state to participate in his election campaign against Joe Biden. That is the literal weaponization of American foreign policy for domestic politics. Literal. In a way which has never been done in all of American history. And then these guys say that Merrick Garland, who I'm sorry, has behaved absolutely properly at every single step. Yep. He's the one weaponized. It. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I want to pull my hair out that they defend the Ukraine stuff that that Trump did. They you, they defend the drug deal and then they attack Jack Smith. And I don't I, it makes me want to set my hair on fire. Yep. Oh, I expect you to talk me down and be like, no, well, really, JVL, you got to understand. No, no, no. <laughs> on, on this on this. um and this is where, you know, it just goes back to our, our previous conversation, but like, and it's the reason I think you have to, you have to do it. You have to do it is because at every turn, we've been told by Susan Collins or by Will Hurd that somebody else that this is it's a big deal to impeach a president, high bar. And every time they've let it go, ah, oh, he's gone. We don't need to convict him, even though he, he instigated the, the insurrection. Yeah. You know, we let the democratic we, process play out. Every time people have failed to act. And frankly, the courts have been the only place throughout yeah. his entire thing that have held, that have done things, including the Supreme Court. And so I think that this is uh, really our only backstop uh, because the cowardice and perfidy of these actors has failed us at every turn and i i would say that this should be a cautionary story for everybody because we wouldn't have necessarily believed that all these other institutions would fail right in 2016 i think many of us hoped that they would hold we weren't we didn't believe they would but we hoped they they would and they failed it is not written in stone that the court system and the justice system will always hold against this sort of assault right Right. And the, the, the institutions are people. And if you get enough Jeffrey Clarks situated throughout the federal judiciary, 
then maybe the next time we're here, the, the courts don't hold. And that's why it is so effing important to stop it now. Right. And this is, this is where you and I are always on the same side. All right, Sarah. Good show. A little short this week because, again, we already did 90 minutes of maybe the best <laughs> podcasting we've ever done, and it will never see the light of day. Uh, I can't believe you're not going to even give episode. people the first half. You're bad. It's weird. It's weird to talk about stuff that's no longer on the news when we have the, you know, an incredibly important development happening literally as we're supposed to be putting stuff out. Hey again, it's JVL. That was the show. And if you want to get the secret podcast with me and Sarah Longwell in full every week, go on over to Bulwark Plus and subscribe. We'd love to have you. 